Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's FF Plus, your outlet for weekly reviews that are simple, short, and spoiler-free. I'm your host, Aaron White, and today, I just have one movie to talk about because it's a lot of movie, and it has been something we have waited on for a very long time. So I'm going to devote this entire episode to sharing with you about one amazing sequel, Avatar The Way of Water, coming to us from 20th Century Studios. It stars Sam Worthington, Zoe Saldana, Stephen Lang, Joel David Moore, CCH Pounder, Giovanni Ribisi, Dilip Rao, Matt Gerald, Sigourney Weaver, Kate Winslet, Cliff Curtis, Edie Falco, Jermaine Clement, and Brendan Cowell. It is directed by James Cameron, and it is written by Cameron, Rick Jaffa, and Amanda Silver, based on a story the three wrote together with Josh Friedman and Shane Salerno. What's it about? Set more than a decade after the events of the first film, Avatar The Way of Water tells the story of the Sully family, the trouble that follows them, the lengths they go to keep each other safe, the battles they fight to stay alive, and the tragedies they endure. When you head into the theater for a movie that clocks in at a little over three hours, you expect something epic. And epic is exactly what James Cameron delivers. The story, picking up about a decade later, does do a quick recap of the events of the first film, which premiered 13 long years ago, if you can believe it. So it gives us a nice little, somewhat clunky recap of where the main cast of characters left off. But the most important part of the initial sequences in the film are to pass some time and show us how Jake Sully has integrated into living as a Navi, married to Neytiri, leading the clan. And it shows us that they've been quite busy, like literally getting busy a lot. Because there's a whole Sully family now. There are two brothers, Neteim, who is the eldest, and essentially he's like a golden child who desires to follow in his father's footsteps. He can do no wrong. He says, yes, sir. He repeats back to his father using military speak and very much wants to become just like he is. And then they, he has a younger brother named Loak, who is always seeking Jake's approval. And he's much more reckless and adventurous and, and a rule-breaking child. They also have two daughters. Took is the youngest of all the siblings. She's a very wide-eyed, just wants to tag along and be with the rest of her brothers and sisters. And then there's Kiri, who is adopted. And she has an origin that is somewhat revealed and I think is best left discovered for yourself when seeing the film and the individual journey that she goes on. There's also a young human kid named Spider who is part of this story. He's close friends with the Sully kids and he's particularly interested in Kiri, perhaps romantically even. He was a baby that was left behind on Pandora when the humans got sent packing because he couldn't be put into cryosleep. And his parentage, much like Kiri, 
is a surprise and also pretty critical to the plot as it progresses along. I'll talk some about story first. While the original film dealt with introducing us to the Navi, one section of Pandora, this forest world, and then all the technology around avatars and the mining equipment that they were using on Pandora to try and strip it of resources. This film expands on the world building in a huge way. Colonel Quaritch, who is the primary antagonist of the first film, played by Stephen Lang, is back as a reconstructed avatar. Don't worry, it does make sense. I was a little bit nervous when I found out he was coming back, but it works. And so are humanity. Like they have made a reappearance as well on Pandora and are operating in a little bit of a different way than they were when they were here the first time. Um, this time, there's no easy way to stop them, though. And Korich is largely on a mission for revenge, and he leads this entire team of marine avatars in a hunt for Sully and his family. And it essentially forces them to relocate out of the forest. This is how they end up with the Metkayina clan that you will have seen on any of the trailers, the island-dwelling, water-ocean-based clan of the Na'vi. This opens up an entirely new race and lifestyle that revolves around the sea. No surprise there, that's Cameron's favorite thing. The story is extremely moving at times, but it can also be pretty cheesy and quite fanciful and a lot of fun. You might be surprised just how many times you actually hear the word bro. For example, the kids use it a lot and have a very modern lingo to their speech. It sort of throws you off a bit because you're used to the Navi like Neytiri speaking in a very different way. But these kids definitely have a lot of their father in them as well. And that comes out in the language. The lengthy runtime allows for a lot of character development, though. And many of the kids and the Metkayina clan have interesting and really compelling emotional arcs. It's honestly wonderful that we got to spend so much time seeing them and having experiences like Kiri, for example, shows a very deep connection with the sea, with Mother Nature, with the creatures in it. And Loak has a very particular journey that includes having some beef with the Metkayina kids because they view the Navi that we are familiar with, the Sullies, as outsiders. They don't look like the Metkayina. They're not able to swim like the Metkayina, so they get made fun of. They're also half-breeds, right? Because they're part human, part Navi, and so they get made fun of, and he doesn't take kindly to that, and that results in quite a bit of issues. So there's conflict, both within the Navi and then between the Navi and the humans, but there's a lot of growth, and there are some slight romances, and there is indeed, like I said in the synopsis, some tragedy as well. So the story has it all, just as you would expect from an epic. Some characters 
are even clearly just being slightly introduced here. I think with an eye on the future, and that has me super excited. In a lot of ways, the story beats play out pretty familiar, but they feel unique and intriguing because they're taking place on Pandora in this specific world with new and really cool tech and with the Navi themselves as the main protagonists. Now, I personally adore the first film for what it is, but I think that this is a deeper, pun intended, character study. And while many may refer to the first film as like Cameron's Ferngully or Cameron's Pocahontas, you could probably think of this one as something like Cameron's Princess Mononoke. It's a story about what we do with the environment, but it's also a story about sons and fathers and about whether or not you can or even should live for the primary purpose of protecting your family. It's great stuff. And where the story leaves off, just know there is plenty of room for the multitude of sequels that he has planned, and I am personally here for all of it. Visually, do I even need to tell you that it's incredible? (laughs) If you doubted James Cameron, you were a fool. The man has spent a decade now perfecting cameras and film techniques to make this set of movies, and it shows. It looks absolutely gorgeous. It is usually supremely smooth. It is always bombastic and spectacular. It truly is just stunning image after image, and it's the clearest underwater sequences you've ever seen in your entire life. Poor Black Panther Wakanda forever. It looks like the water in that film is a tar pit by comparison. The new species of flora and fauna are also really neatly designed and eye-catching. And when the film does go into action mode, it's awesome. I felt like Cameron was honestly throwing a little bit of all of his films in here. There's definitely some elements I felt from The Abyss, Titanic, Terminator, and even Aliens. I can't call out individually what all of those are for you right now without spoilers, but maybe I'll do that and talk about it a little bit when Patrick and I do our deep dive on the movie in the next main episode. There is also some really cool new technology that the humans have brought to the fight, and the last hour of this movie is nonstop, action-packed, emotionally powerful, adrenaline rush of a finale. And the HFR, the high frame rate that is much ballyhooed and talked about, it doesn't bother me at all in this movie. I did notice it a couple of times, but it never distracted me to the point of being taken out of a moment or a scene or uh, an emotion that I was feeling. So I think overall, it must have worked more than it didn't because I was riveted by the storytelling and my eyes were just completely captivated by what I was seeing on the screen at all times. Truly, everything about this just feels authentic and yet it's also technically marvelous. There's something masterful about what James Cameron can do as a director and it is so incredibly refreshing to have this storytelling taking place outside of a long lived and explored IP 
where everything that happens is on its third or fourth recycling of the same plot lines, The Way of Water was, frankly, worth every bit of the wait. It earns every award accolade that it gets. It is going to blow the box office doors down yet again. And when I was driving home from the movie, it already had me seeing this world as bland and boring. It made me yearn to be back in Pandora. This is astonishing work from Cameron. Uh, He has pulled it off. It is majestic. It is no surprise, but damn, it feels so good to finally have it here and where we can enjoy it as much as we want. So Avatar The Way of Water will be in theaters on December the 16th. See it in 3D, see it in IMAX, see it in Dolby, whatever the best experience you can find near you is, do that and then go see it again (laughs) and again and again. I think you're going to enjoy the crap out of this movie. It is really, really fantastic. And I'm so glad that this movie delivered on all of our hopes and dreams that we had for it. Or at least, I guess I should say, that I had for it. Well, that's it for this week's episode of FF+. Plus. I hope you've enjoyed. If you are liking the show, please drop me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, the Feel and Film podcast link there is in the show notes as well as all of our other social media links if you want to come chat talk to me about anything and everything movie related i'm here for that as well thank you so much for listening i'll be back soon until then keep watching and keep feeling film.